to another episode of Stump Mike, ESPN Quick Info's uh, podcast. And we've got actually a, a pretty special episode today because we've got a very, very special guest uh, in, in our virtual studio. Uh, and everyone say hi to Sana Mir, who, of course, needs no introduction. Um, the greatest woman cricketer, female cricketer of Pakistan, there's no doubt about that. Uh, one of the best uh, in the modern game uh, at her peak as well. And, of course, you know, one of Pakistan's greatest captains. Thank you so much, Usman. Thank you so much for a generous introduction. No, no, no. It, it's generous, but completely, completely deserved. So, tell me, Sana, now it's been, uh, what, about a month and a half, I think? I, I don't know if you're counting, but about a month and a half since you retired uh, from international cricket. What have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's more than a month. Uh, actually, I've, I've enjoyed this uh, last one, one month more than I, have, I could have thought. Mm. Um, you know, um, I announced my retirement on the 1st of Ramadan, which is the fasting month for, yeah. for Muslims. And I have been on tour in the last six, like 15 years. Mm. And in the last six, seven years when women's cricket became really active. So we were not able to enjoy this month uh, as we would want to. Mm. Sometimes we used to, we had to miss the fast and have to play for the country mm-hmm. and every, all, all that stuff. So that was one uh, aspect of what I really enjoyed. I was mm. home after a long time with my family and able to uh, observe uh, this month com- more completely than I usually do. Mm. And uh, then I've just I've just been enjoying uh, a lot being with my parents. Uh, initially, we w- we spent some time in Lahore. Now we are in the north of Pakistan, Aptabad, which mm-hmm. is a cooler place in summers. So, yeah, just enjoying my time with my parents. Uh, then with the COVID and the lockdown, mm. there's so much to do um, on the social front. So I've been part of a few initiatives where we are helping people who have lost their jobs with monthly ration and oh, wow, um, okay. basic facilities. So, yeah, uh, doing that, reading books. So, yeah, I've got good time in my hands. Have you, have you been in full lockdown mode as in, or have you been able to step out every now and again? Because I know in Pakistan, they're kind of easing restrictions as well as putting them in certain places and stuff. So I was just wondering whether you'd been we able have, to. Kind as of... a family, as a family, we have observed the lockdown quite strictly. Okay. Uh, because, uh, you know, my father is 70 plus, uh, course, my mother yeah. 60 plus. So definitely we are observing the lockdown pretty strictly. Mm. But we do go for a walk, um, okay. like uh, in the evening. So we do go for for uh, some physical exertion, some physical activity, and mm-hmm. then uh, sometimes you have to go out for groceries and all. But mm-hmm. uh, m- more importantly, we are observing the lockdown. I know it's really early right now. You know, it's only been just over a month. But have you thought at all long term about what you want to do post the the playing? I mean, uh, presumably you want to stay in cricket, or maybe you don't. Uh, that's something I want to keep open. At the moment, definitely, I needed this break um, uh, from cricket for a while. Um, and with, I think, life do provide you with different situations that basically pave the way for you. So at the moment, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, what I'm doing, especially mm-hmm. with the COVID and the kind of impact that it has on on our mm-hmm. country. Uh, there's definitely I'll be more involved in the social aspect. Uh, hopefully that's something that has always been very close to my heart and, and that's something I really want to contribute. I've uh, been working with a couple of organizations exclusively and uh, generally on the whole with anyone who 
uh, who, who to whom i can extend my support mm. so that's that's an aspect i think i do look that for for the coming year uh, okay. all of us who are active um, should be uh, like be, be there because i think um, that's something our country will be needing mm. but definitely with cricket that it's something it is my first love and i'm not sure i'll i'll be able to stay away from it for too long <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know in what capacity, uh, how, but definitely it is my first love, and I'm I'm very proud of it, and I I would love to stay in touch with it. So I mean, I I guess just you know, just talking a little bit about the game itself and, and your career. I I I wanted to start off a little bit because this only just happened. Uh, you know, in the months leading up to the retirement, I, I guess they were an uncertain few months for you, right? Because you'd been playing for so long, you'd been you know you'd been giving everything of yourself to Pakistan, you'd been captain for such a long time. I remember in November, I think last November, you said that you wanted a little break uh, from the game, uh, and that was, I think, just ahead of the series, the tri series against England and and Bangladesh was it in Malaysia or South Africa, I think. Uh, and then after that, of course, you weren't picked for the World T20, which led to you know, I think you put out a tweet, which I remember at least about the the don't blame a clown for acting like a clown. Ask yourself why you keep going to the circus. is it would it be fair to say that you were i don't know just a little unhappy with the game and the way you were being treated at the time or were you already thinking that you know i i think my end is coming because i'd read in some interviews previously maybe a couple of years ago that you had kind of targeted this this time around 2019 as maybe the time that you leave the game anyway so if you can just like talk a little bit about that so i think um, uh, when whenever these decisions come uh, they are definitely they have a lot to do with what's going inside of you and what's going outside of you mm. so it's always a combination of both um i i with the kind of form i was in i was definitely targeting the 2021 one day world cup mm-hmm. uh, but of course sometimes things don't go how how you plan Mm. um and it is this is one of those things uh, furthermore i can't comment because i still um, have to have some months uh, uh, under my contract uh, i mean even after retirement we have to have certain obligations yeah, towards yeah, uh, the contract so yeah there there ha- there are things that that were going inside me and outside me that uh, led me to this decision and yeah. um, of course i w- yeah that's all no, i think i can say for now fair enough yeah but you know i was just looking at, at some numbers and especially with your you know reference to the 2021 world cup i think in at least one day cricket the form was still there because you were you know leap pakistan's leading wicket taker even last year uh, despite playing less matches than than most of the most of the girls in the team i think you had what 15 wickets at under under 18 as the average uh, and you were just outside sitting just outside the top 10 the world over um so yeah i i you know i, I don't want to draw you too much into this but i guess And was there a certain a little bit of frustration at at how things have ended or are you kind of fine with how things have finished of course there would be uh, I, i won't i won't be uh, telling the truth if i say that there's no frustration of course but then then how uh, that's how our faith comes in that you have to mm. submit to what life offers you uh, you have to submit to what it is and that's that's a struggle you have to do in life um i mean uh, i'm i'm really proud um, mm. i'm really happy with the way that i have been able to contribute for pakistan i have got no regret in uh, how i put myself fully wholeheartedly into um in serving cricket uh, and i don't regret that any uh, at all 
and i think that's that's for me that's the biggest pride that till the last day i was available i was very much there with all my heart and when i feel that i can't be there with all that passion i just hung up my boots so now just just about your time in the game sana you know you 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 started playing for pakistan at least in 2005 of course you were working your way towards that you know for 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 a bit longer than that how different is is the women's game in pakistan from when you first came in you know 15 years ago now to how you leave it now like I, I, you know if you can just kind of talk a little bit about how the game has changed for you guys and for for women generally in the, in the time that you've been around so i would say the the quality of cricket um has definitely uh, improved in the sense that the overall experience of cricket has definitely improved for the girls we mm. when i started in 2005 there were no contracts there were mm. um, very 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 basic facilities uh, sometimes we would stay uh, or travel in with with facilities which i would say were beyond uh, were even below um, a reasonable uh, facility so mm. we started off like that and we would only get if we were lucky we would only get four international games the whole year yeah so it was extremely tough uh, to to compete at the international level with international athletes who were playing uh, still consistently more consistently than what pakistan was playing for the first 5 6 years i i feel that was the major issue uh, with us okay. the lack of games and then uh, after 2009 when unfortunately team teams stopped coming over after the incident mm. with sri lankan team uh, so after that all we had to build the team outside of pakistan and with limited resources there was no pakistan a or under 19 for women's cricket so with with a very small pool of players we had to go everywhere and the domestic structure i would say it has improved a little bit but mm. it is almost still the same we still have a very limited pool of players at domestic cricket um and again it is one main reason is that there's lack of cricket back home like uh, for england or australia whenever mm-hmm. a team goes there they can present an under 19 under 19 team and a development squad to play yeah. with the touring teams and that's something that pakistan still don't enjoy so i think uh, in that respect we are still there uh, but with the contracts coming in uh, the match fees coming in icc women championship coming in i think that has been the biggest uh, game changer whenever i speak of women's cricket i say that i was able to as an athlete myself i was able to more show my talent uh, uh, more more expressively once mm. the icc championship came in otherwise we would only play australia and new zealand and england the big teams in the world cup for one game and uh, understanding their bowlers their batters in that one game in the pressure match was extremely difficult but once we started getting the bilateral series it was a game changer for us so we were able to be- beat new zealand mm. west indies south africa so i mean these are the uh, changes that we have seen uh, so overall it is it is great uh, that the last biggest event i i witnessed was the T20 World Cup final and yeah. MCC with 86000 people watching the game that was my last the last game i was part of uh, for women's yeah. cricket i mean watching it so for coming from the first game i played in karachi uh, stadium national <laughs> stadium there was only our own families there yeah. um, i mean maximum of 
hundred people, I guess, yeah, from yeah. Pakistan watching that game and then uh, watching here, that yeah. Uh, MCC. Yeah. So, but in that aspect, I've I've seen the game grow so well, and it makes me very proud that I've been part of this journey. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned early on uh, in, in that that uh, you know you you guys were also playing away from home once the terror attacks happened on the Sri Lankan team, and you know we talk a lot about how you know the men's team and what they went through and stuff. But I'm guessing that it was, I don't know, it, it was a different set of problems for for the women's team also to be all, always be traveling abroad to play their games. Um, I, I don't know if there was any cultural issues involved with you know the, the girls having to travel a lot a lot uh, outside a lot more. But it, it it would have taken a toll on you guys as well, right? To not be able to play at home, not be able to be around your families when you're playing, and that kind of support that must have taken a toll on you guys. I think it ha- it was um, it has had a very big effect, um, like a 360 kind of an effect on mm-hmm. us. Uh, number one, we were not uh, as men teams have a lot of history, and the players have come in, and it's a history of fifth, more than 50, 60 years. our history was quite young the first team the pakistan women's team was formed in 96 mm-hmm. and most of the players from that team never came on to on to play for pakistan under pcb so we were a bunch of very young athletes uh, without the knowledge of the game too much knowledge of the game and mm-hmm. experience and then trying to adapt in foreign conditions that was a big challenge for us and with the limited number of games that we had i think that was another challenge for us so it was more of about reading the conditions uh, okay. utilizing your potential uh, so of course in cricketing terms i think that was definitely a big issue because no one was there to tell tell us that how will the wickets in england will play in june yeah. or how they will play in january so we had to basically make mistakes and learn uh, or ask the coaches um and that was our only way of learning so i think that was one concern and another would be again pakistani and under 19s that aspect of the game and then another big aspect was uh more, for the most part of the first 10 years from 2005 to 2014 mm. the matches were never aired for women's cricket yeah, in pakistan yeah. so people never got to know about us our struggles our game our strengths mm. our weaknesses so it was more of uh, a one very big event in 2010 when we won the first asian yes. gold medal and then four years later the second asian gold medal yeah. and in between when we beat india in the world cup so that's how our own people got to know us and that's why i mean initially Uh, it was more difficult for girls to take up the sport because they couldn't see us play but now mm-hmm. it has changed a lot in that aspect i i guess actually you're right because even even a lot of your other big wins in that period you know a lot of people wouldn't have seen and i, I was thinking this so yeah. much of even moments from your career i mean i don't think a lot of people would have seen you like when you were a fast bowler for example you know in early on yeah that was the only one yeah that was <laughs> only one series the first asia cup yeah Uh, when you got Sally so Raj right hold her with the york yeah that was my dream i had yeah. heard a lot about her before starting and because i knew i knew she had a double century to her name in test yeah. cricket so i knew that that's that she has to be a really good batter to be able mm-hmm. to do that against one of the best teams so that was my dream uh, to get her out bold and wakar yunus was my my favorite bowler at that point yeah. uh, being yeah. a fast bowler. and i used to like idolize his yorkers 
and I got her out on a Yorker, which was really special. So I, I would die for to get that wicket on video. But oh, I don't have amazing. that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Were you yeah. were you pretty quick though? I mean, I, I know people don't judge their own pace and stuff, but no, were you, no, no. Were you really no, quick? no, no. I I was pretty quick in my head, but I was not <laughs> in real time. I was a medium pacer, but okay. in my own head before before. Um, Knowing Asmavia and the team, or Kanata uh-huh. in my own team, or watching Hulan Goswami bowl live, yeah. I thought I would I was world fastest bowler. <laughs> I was pretty <laughs> I was pretty fast in my own head, but actually I was just a medium pacer. But I had really good in swings. Okay. So my okay. had I had big swings, so I can I, I could bring the ball into the right handers, and that's how I got Mithali out also. Superb, superb. So, just coming back to the game itself, I guess you know you've said in previous interviews uh, that that you basically came up, you know, you learned, you know, almost your entire cricket, I guess, when you came up was just from playing street cricket, right? I, I guess with family and friends and stuff. That's how you kind of picked it up. Are, are those yes. uh, you you said famously, you know, that you didn't go through any academies and stuff because there just weren't any at the time. Is that something that is improving now? Do you see like better pathways for for female cricketers, or is it still fairly kind of is is it still that a lot more needs to be done to get more cricketers coming through who are better in better shape and in better like with a better skill set when they're playing international cricket? Of course, a lot more needs to be done. A lot of uh, cricketers that we get now even are are the ones who are being taught by their own fathers or their brothers mm. or sometimes uh, coaches. But most of the girls that come into the system are being developed by their own family. Yes, there are now five academies in Pakistan, and we they are doing their job. But with the kind of population we have and the restrictions that uh, girls face uh, in transportation, um, mm. I, I I feel that there's a lot that needs to be done, especially with 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 the talks of having an under 19 women World Cup on yeah. on, on papers. ICC. So I think uh, we cannot wait for a girl now to be a good cricketer by the age of 23 or 22, because mm. that's where, at the moment, we are getting a fairly good cricketer around 22 okay. or 23 years of age. But we need to take it down to 14 or 15 years if we want to build a good uh, mm. under 19 team and then have uh, basically. Uh, those players use use the other pathways to go into the international level. So I I feel there's a lot we need to do. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, you mentioned there like you know you mentioned transportation, and a lot of people won't even think you know that that could be an issue. But it is a lot. It is a big issue, right? For 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 girls to even get to places where they can start playing cricket and stuff. That that is a massive thing uh, in, in a place like. Yeah, Pakistan. that's that's why when when we talk about uh, making policies uh, about women playing cricket in Pakistan that's where my my thinking is different with a lot of other people mm. because we cannot have the same policies that that are prevalent in England and Australia because the overall culture is very different mm. Mm. I became ambassador for Uber uh, last yes. year yeah. and uh, uh, I we had some negotiation about the fee and whatever so I asked them okay if you cannot give more money give vouchers for women cricketers uh, in different parts of the uh, different part of Pakistan so they can come to trainings um, wow. using those vouchers so they were kind enough to do it for 50 girls around Pakistan uh, okay. but the issue but the issue is um, 
because we we do not have a public still a structure of public transport that is mm. very friendly for for women to travel alone then yeah. it becomes difficult for girls to come every day for practice and with with lesser contracts with lesser departments now department cricket the future of department yes. cricket still uh, uh, a bit shady yeah. so all, all these things have to be taken into account when we think about uh, developing women's cricket and and you even you you know you've spoken as well and that's another you know once the transportation is one issue but then there's there's a lack of public spaces and facilities which you know are, are kind of geared towards uh the female athlete in pakistan right it's it's not yeah. like you can just go to a, a mixed mixed gender stadium and just turn up and start bowling in the nets <laughs> you need like yeah. it's it's I not mean, that it easy has, i mean it has improved and people have accepted it far more than it was mm. 10 years ago there has been a huge improvement in perspective but you are right there are there are cities still where girls do not enjoy that freedom and uh, that's why these academies were uh, initially we really advocated for as senior players and as uh, advocates for women's cricket we really advocated for these academies to be operational so there is some place for girls to go because i used to get so many messages on my page and twitter that we want to play cricket where should we go wow. and i had no Uh, I, I couldn't ask them to go. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that's how this idea of um, basically asking PCB to have separate academies for girls uh, that came up, and now it has established in four, five um, regions, and it's free for most of the coaching is free for girls, which is really good because still they have to pay for their transport. Of course. And another issue, another issue with. with the culture here is with what we need to understand is that there are not many job opportunities for girls from 18 years to 25 years like in other western countries mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. people can work also and then play also yeah. that's not a very common culture here so that's another aspect of uh, when when the people are after covid that's another uh, concern for me that the families are so hit by this economic yeah, drop that i'm not sure how many families will have that luxury to let their daughters or their daughters uh, support their daughters to yeah. Fulfill. yeah so that's another thing that has been on my mind i was just i've been thinking about it but i mean that's that's how different these cultures are and that's why the policies and all the decisions we are going to take should have all this in in uh, Uh, consider, considering yeah. all these values policies, I, I mean it's it's crazy to think that when you first came, I, I don't think you played an international game with them, but I think you went to some trials early on, right at the start, with with Shaiza, you know, the Khan sisters, of course, Shaiza and Sharmin, uh, Sharmin, who unfortunately passed away uh, not not too long ago. But I, I think when you turn up, you know, it, it's it's crazy that that is what Pakistan cricket was at that time, when I think they basically relied on you know the funding of their father. who happened to you know love his daughters and he wanted to kind of push cricket through them or whatever and at that stage uh everything was done through his finances almost um what what you know you you must i think you did meet shaiza and sharmin right uh, yeah definitely i what i was they like they were you know, i i met them of course and they're amazing figures but like just a little bit about how you know how passionate they were about the game uh, from what you see highly passionate yeah they were highly passionate uh, for the game i gave my trials to shaiza and kiran uh, in Kiran karachi Baluch. yeah of course 
Yaqir and Baloch. So they they were present in the trials and Batul Fatma, the wicket keeper, mm-hmm. and Khurshid in the left arm spinner, they were there. So I myself and Nain Abdi, we basically gave those trials and got selected. So we attended a camp with them for three weeks mm-hmm. and uh, we played a, a few hardball cricket games in Karachi and did a few practice sessions with them and we stayed there for three weeks. So that was my first uh, kind of uh, experience of a camp um so definitely there uh, you have to give it to them that their passion was huge for cricket yeah. uh, sharmin um, i met during a domestic tournament she used to play for lahore and we used to play for karachi she yeah. was a wonderful person also uh, apart from a very good cricketer so she she was very kind and um, mm. i've met her fortunately she passed away so definitely they they were figure, figures in their own respect and they had a very difficult experience of yeah. initially um setting up the team uh, but uh, unfortunately things didn't work with them mm. when uh, the merger was happening and uh, it didn't uh, work well for them and then we were like making debut nine people were making debut in the first match yeah. in sri lanka out of seven so yeah So that's uh, it, yeah it was I, I think uh, like you know I think it, however it turned out for them ultimately I think without their contributions you know we we probably wouldn't be where we are right now with the women's game in Pakistan definitely I mean, I, I they, they were they were the they were the pioneers they started women's cricket in Pakistan so we have to give that credit to, to them definitely yeah is there is there now do you feel like there's there is definitely a bigger pool of uh, of players coming through from from when you first started I mean I'm, I'm sure there must be right there there, there are more players yeah definitely coming, you know? yeah definitely the the pool has got bigger uh, especially with the departments when the departments were operational at one point we had four departments operational mm. but then two departments shut down and now we are left with at the moment only one that is operation jtbl that i represent JTBL, yeah. and state bank and state bank is still not operational they want to start again but at the moment the girls are uh, are not on the payroll mm. which is quite difficult for a lot of athletes that I've spoken with uh, because they do want to compete at international level but without finances it's very difficult so um, the pool is definitely much bigger but in order to make it keep it competitive and keep it improving both in number and in quantity um, I think uh, all these um, different teams under 19 uh, departmental teams the development squads mm. all this has to be very functional in order for for us to develop at a pace where what at what other teams are developing yeah yeah i mean you know it's one of the things i guess one of the arguments that the pcb has used recently you, you'll know better than most that the you know central contract pool now is down to uh, this year is going to be nine players uh nine women cricketers will have a central contract whereas i think a couple of years ago it was up to 17 and it has been as high as maybe even 20 or 22 in the past um you know there yeah. the argument there is that the the pool is not big enough there is not enough competitive players out there uh you know it it but it it seems to me that that might be the wrong way around that they would that you know if the more players they do put on a central contract pool the better the chances of them progressing because then they don't have to worry about this you know financial aspect of of being a cricketer exactly I exactly i completely agree and i would like to go in detail about it but again yeah. Yeah, course, there are policies course, yeah. that you can can't and there are some really good players that have 
not found their place in in this nine player list Yeah. Uh, who who won us matches last year like Sidra Amin and yeah. um yeah. Nashra Sindhu uh, upcoming young player Nashra Spinner Eram Javed and um Javeda Rauf all these people i think um again i would say this the policy makers need to understand all that's happening on ground um uh, yeah. so so yeah that's i've got a different take on that of course of course so no that's completely understandable and and hopefully a few months down the line we can find out a bit more about that talk, take yeah uh, talk more about it yeah, yeah absolutely you know there there's a worry in in the women's game generally internationally i think uh, and it's true in the men's game actually as well but it it's it's maybe more stark in the women's game is that there's a gap developing between you know the better funded nations england australia now india uh, and the and the rest of the world um you know you having played international cricket until as recently as last last november which was your last game and you saw of course the world the t20 world cup I, that that is worrisome right that countries like england and australia and india are are just further and further because they have more money because they have more investments in the game they're just getting away from you know countries like pakistan countries like south africa countries like the west indies which are our teams with good very good players but it's just that the investment and the resources are not at the level where they can kind of move them up to the next level yes definitely i think uh, their boards have taken it more seriously their corporate sector has taken it more seriously mm-hmm. and then again their culture so you you know like england and australia there's a culture of fitness even if you can see in it that in south africa the south yeah. african team has done really well throughout in the t20 whether it's t20 or the one day world cups because there's a culture of fitness yeah. uh, for women in their country so even if if there's a lack of support uh, otherwise it's it's okay for women to go out and run and exercise and and keep fit so that is one aspect that the asian teams face and then there's a lack of funding so of course uh, the big jump was the icc championship where we get yeah. an equal opportunity to play equal games at least a reasonable number of games uh, with the rest of the big countries mm-hmm. initially that was really less so i think that has been uh, taken care of but of course the 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 gap in funding and another big aspect is their domestic cricket big bash yeah. tli ipl yeah. i think that has been a game changer i mean you must have seen shafali verma yes uh, the kind of player she is and exactly. then other players from india and australia 16 years old uh, for be rich uh, lynch feet i mean yeah. these players you you don't you can't see that there's any fear for them yeah. they just they can take on ali sperry or uh, shabnam ismail uh, yeah. and there's no nerve no. yeah so i mean definitely uh, with the kind of domestic structures they have they are 20 years ahead of us and if they are not going oh. to uh, actually do what's right for us we it's it's, it's going to be a difficult journey to catch up to keep up with these big teams yeah you know sometimes i feel uh, and again you know you'll probably be able to speak more freely about this a little later but i'll put it out there anyway but i sometimes feel that in pakistan it's become a case of you know they're they're paying kind of lip service to the women's game they're like hey, you know look we've also got a women's team and yes occasionally they do come up with with good wins and all and and right now it seems still more important and maybe that is the case it's it seems more important that women participate in the game rather than the results at the top end uh of you know where the national team is and maybe maybe that's the way it should be right now until we get more players coming in i don't know i'm not like 100% sure but i feel like right now 
the, the, the maybe the cricket infrastructure and the administration and everything is geared towards being okay with the fact that more and more women are participating rather than making actually the pathway stronger and the actual team at the top end better than what it is right now i mean it, it's uh, it's kind of a belief in the capabilities yeah. of women that's translated uh, into policies mm. and uh, execution so there mm. have been some improvement uh, but definitely uh, if we really want to compete at the international level things have to uh, uh get better at a very quick pace great and and, and i know that uh, you know i'm conscious that we're keeping you from from important stuff uh, over there so just the last few questions i just want to talk a little bit about your captaincy uh, you took over uh, as captain in 2009 i mean you know were you ready for it when you got the captaincy how, how daunting was it for you to kind of become captain at first i i know you'd said in interviews before Not that you, when you were playing <laughs> Uh, when you were playing games as a child, you always used to be a bit of a captain anyway in the games, whether people liked yeah, it or not. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I was a captain on 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 my street team always, whether <laughs> elder uh, boys were playing with me or not. So <laughs> leadership was something that came very naturally to me. And uh, with um, Rooj mostly away for her dentistry and her studies, uh-huh. I, I used to captain a lot of. Uh, a lot of time in her absence uh, in in all all the games domestically and in in our camps also so i had that experience i was captain for karachi for two years we won uh, both national championships before mm-hmm. i got the pakistan captaincy so i had a lot of street cricket experience and then uh, a couple of years experience from karachi and then other other games so uh, i've al- always enjoyed uh, leadership and and for me the captaincy doesn't change anything for me i think that's another mm. um, way I, how i look at it because it is my team whether i'm the captain or not and it will remain my team whether i'm the yeah. captain or not so i've 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 played uh, i've played my whole career like that even when i was not the captain i was vocal uh, speaking my mind encouraging players helping uh, anyone with strategies or whatever uh-huh, when i uh-huh. became captain i did the same thing and when i was off captaincy when i i stepped down from it and bisma became captain yeah. i kept doing the same thing so for me uh, having that title doesn't change me uh, from who i am i think if you if you want to lead if you want to share your knowledge you don't need those titles you just do it anyway so for me that is never an added pressure or anything taken away from me if i am not so was it, i was i it, remain same was it difficult at any stage being captain of pakistan i mean i, I know you know the, I, i don't want to compare it to the men's game because that's a whole different you know it's a different animal altogether but it was extremely difficult i mean it was not daunting but it was eventful because again the lack of uh, uh, facilities the huge expectation from the general public because yeah. you know pakistanis love cricket yeah uh, and and they want you to win no matter what uh, so whether you're a women's team or a men's team that they don't care at that point if you are going in a world cup they want you to win the world cup if yeah. you want to if you are playing india <laughs> you true. they want yeah. you to beat india yeah. so they are not interested in in the process or or the journey <laughs> they they just want you to or win the obstacles yeah so, the obstacles yeah so so yeah i mean most most of the people most of the general public yeah, yeah there are people who have been ex- exceptionally supportive and understood the journey and understood uh, the defeats and be and were there with us uh, during those defeats 
so of course and then the biggest challenge for me again as a captain was uh, lack of senior players and experience around oh, us yeah. because we had to learn while we go so it took us a bit of time initially to learn but once we uh, became stronger it was easier for us to uh, express ourselves so and and with again with all the things that i've earlier mentioned mm. uh, lack of uh, players pool yeah. uh, lack of international cricket finance financially the budget has always been constrained for women's uh-huh. game and all uh-huh. that stuff so so definitely it has been difficult but enjoyable did, i mean uh, did you uh, find that uh, the the coaching staff that you guys usually got and you know it's, it's all it's always been men's coaches have they uh, were especially the pakistani ones were they were they kind of i don't want to say competent but were they you know were they aware of the of the different nature of the task that they were doing or that they were carrying out we had a mix uh, i would say we had a mix of people okay. some were not aware uh, as much yeah. as they should have been uh, while mm-hmm. dealing with uh, the female team uh, team but a person like motishim rashid mm-hmm. who was uh, our coach for 5 years from yeah. 2011 to 2016 and the most of the success and the big barriers that we broke was under him uh, we won the second asian gold medal yes. we beat south africa for the first time mm. uh, nan made the, her first century yeah. i bowled uh, my hat trick so all these small little things we beat india twice in world cups mm. so all these things happened while he was there and bushrat azaz was there so i think that was one of the most beautiful i mean i would say one of the golden times as a team okay. in the last two years again we have have done really well Uh, under Mark Coles uh, yeah. uh, and Bisma and all of us, we were quite good in the last two years, especially uh, in one-day cricket. And that time, what what was really good and in common with both Motishim Rashid and Mark Coles, I would say, is that they empowered players. They were okay. not there as teachers with a stick in hand. Yeah. They were yeah. there to help the players understand their potential and let them express themselves. Uh, a lot of times in pakistan coaching uh, sometimes coaches think that they they have to teach everything and yes. they have to make players understand rather than let them explore yeah so i think that's the philosophy we need to look at but we did find uh, motishim rashid uh, like that and he okay. he helped us and that was the time when uh, i keep repeating my most proud moment that eight of my players were in top icc 20 yes. so so yeah it it has been it has been a mix and with the with men coaches um, because not a lot of female cricketers who had played before for in, in big tournaments and had mm. played more cricket than the current players uh, we didn't have a lot of that for us uh, and the the ones who who had more experience were not uh, very interested in coaching or being part of the setup so i think uh, having men coaches what was definitely at that point uh, the right choice okay uh, and just my my last two questions one is uh, if if i asked you to pick out the one most memorable on field moment that you've had in your career i guess which which would you pick oh, that's really tough <laughs> yeah but you've had a few you know <laughs> there there have been a few some great wins uh, some great performances but yeah if you if you I'll pick a couple if you want you know pick pick two if you want but uh, just if you narrow okay, it down yeah two would be two would be easier i yeah, would say okay. the first time we beat india in golf in a world okay. cup 
yeah um, i think that was huge for all of us because we had since children know that pakistan has never beaten yeah. india in a world cup so it yeah. was like a yeah. 50 yeah. year record that we broke it remains so the only win by a pakistani team over india two wins. Yeah. the only I mean, two wins. that one yeah one was in 2012 one. and then 2016 yes. so the first one was definitely very special the both the gold medals the second one especially to 2014 gold medal because mm. bangladesh was cruising at one point and the way we got back into the game last was the three overs they needed but they were chasing 43 of 7 is that the yes yeah yes. that was and a they win. they needed 13 runs from 18 balls with eight wickets in <laughs> yeah, and, and they lost it and they and we won so that was a crazy crazy when we were all really really sentimental uh then and then uh, beating england in a t20 game in england and leveling the series that in love so that was right? again quite love exactly exactly it's so good to talk to someone who <laughs> who knows women's <laughs> tennis yeah i remember before i remember finishing those. before <laughs> i'm finishing you are filling up uh, that is uh, that is an experience i don't get often <laughs> so no, that was yeah, i remember those games are like yeah these are and you know the, the one thing about some of your some of the best wins that come under your captaincy is like just the nature of them right these really close really unexpected wins where you know the, the target wasn't that big but somehow and, and everything looked lost and then suddenly you guys do something and there's one run out and yeah, there's one well, it, it was because it was the team the essence of the team at that point was truly self belief and believing yeah. that we can we can win against all odds because that's exactly what we were doing uh with the kind of facilities the kind mm. of uh struggles we had um if when we when I'm going to write a book or whenever that is going to happen <laughs> you'll understand that those kinds of wins were actually against a lot of odds I'm, I'm uh, so i mean that yeah. was yeah so that was the essence of the team at that point and I'm I I'm so thankful to the almighty that Uh, he helped us show it in the ground as well and make those matches so interesting and uh, uh, kept us on the winning sides and a lot of things. So yeah, really thankful. And, and just my final question, Sana, and you know this is something may, maybe I, I, I ask it anyway because you know you you are such a big figure. Do you do you sometimes I don't know in your less busy moments when you're with family and stuff do you sit back and do you does it ever sink in how much of a a transformative figure you've been for the game in pakistan at least uh, does it ever feel like okay you know log mujhe dekhte hain girls look up to me and i am the figure you were you know the first female cricketer in the pepsi campaign famously do you do you ever get the sense of how how big a figure you may have been for the game in the country actually uh, I, i would say I'm, i'm not sure i mean i'm not I, sure. i'm putting you on the spot here it's an uncomfortable question yeah i'm <laughs> <laughs> the only thing i can say the only thing i can say is that i have have felt a huge responsibility on my shoulders mm. in the last 15 years to be the role model that pakistan needed because um, because as a sports icon i was filling a vacant space a, a blank yeah. canvas yeah. uh and representing more than just pakistan uh we were we have been the first muslim team in that sense also mm. to actually engage with the global community female team so i mean there was a lot of uh, different kind of expectation from the west and the east and all that stuff so keeping all that in mind uh, my my only thing has been the sense of responsibility i have for the people of pakistan and mm. and the overall game of cricket 
because that's again i would say it's my first love and just to keep that uh, uh, as the first priority always so that has been my only feeling that i have but as far as what i have become trying to achieve that um i'm not sure that i yeah. i can i can say fully that i i understand that or i feel that but i i really feel very very grateful uh, to god uh, that i've the kind of respect that i've i have whenever i go on the streets or to a shop or or to a ground cricket mm. field anywhere uh, people do really uh, show a lot of respect which i'm really really thankful for well it, it's a it's a heavy responsibility you've borne uh, and you've done it really well sana thank you so much for being on the show um and thank and you. all the best all the best with whatever endeavors and i look forward to the book personally <laughs> thank you thank up. you so much. thank you